All right, well, hey, everybody, what is up? Happy Sunday. Hopefully you're well and doing great. Uh, my name is Drew. I'm a leader here at Praxis and a part of the Praxis family. And I just wanted to take a minute just to welcome you. Hopefully you're doing great and say hello, especially to those of you that are joining in. Maybe you're new with us. We just wanted to extend an extra hello to you uh, today. Um, today's a little interesting. We're, uh, first of all, I'm on screen, okay? That's interesting, it's not normal, usually. And you're around round tables. Maybe they're not as round as we think. Maybe they're rectangle tables that are made kind of into tables that are round, that we're sitting around today. Boy, that was a mouthful, wasn't it? Um, this is intentional. Uh, we're gonna take the next couple of Sundays and end our series, Domestic Monastery, by being around tables together. We did this in the summer, and we just feel that we have the ability in the space that we're in to do this once in a while. The ability to not just sit in rows and watch something. And I know our services are very, and our, our gatherings are very participatory in a sense anyways, but we also wanna break it down at times and give us space to really be disciples together and create space to give you opportunity to talk into dialogue and to bring your life story to the conversation. Um, this is really what we want. You know, I was listening to a talk a couple weeks ago from a guy who was doing a wonderful job. He's doing a great job. And he was talking about how the church needs to move from a consumer type way of doing things towards being participatory. And we're all for that. This has been our journey the last little while. And it, and it, right, it embeds right into our story as far as how, what we think of leadership and how we're practicing this together. We really believe that. But it was interesting, the church service that he was speaking at consisted of a 50-minute sermon and music, and that was the gathering. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but at times I feel like we can say things and we can say we want things, but we never put it into the rhythm of our actual gathering in our actual lives as a church. And we don't just want to say, hey, we want to make disciples and we want you to bring your life story. We want you to bring this and participate. We don't just want to say those things. We actually want to do them. And so... We create space for that. One, obviously, is in Praxis Communities on the first Sunday of the month, and that's been beautiful the last several months. And we'll take time throughout the year to be in the round, around tables, to give some space for you to dialogue. So that's the plan for today. My job here today is over the next few minutes, and I promise to be pretty quick, is to tee us up today in our conversation and what we hope you'll bring to the conversation. We're in a series right now called Domestic Monastery, where we're looking at four key practices we wanna see embedded, not just as a community in our practices, but in our homes. We've been focusing on domestic life, how our homes are outposts for the kingdom of God. And so after an introduction, we focused on four particular practices. One is scripture. We wanna be saturated in scripture. It's important, you can go back and listen if you missed it. Two is prayer and rhythm prayer or fixed hour prayer, bringing that to our home environments. And then last week we talked about hospitality, about meals together as a way to really practice the presence of God in our homes, that meals open up the door for so many different things. And we want to pass on hospitality in our homes. I have kids, I want them to catch this. I want them to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, but one of the things I want them to see modeled in their lives is parents who are hospitable, not just to them, but to the people around them. The plan for the next two weeks is today we're gonna to talk about one other practice, 
And then next week, I'm super excited because we have an interview with a guest next week that we will be engaging. Uh, many of you know we're offering right now the Intentional Film Series. It's a parenting course. And one of the people involved with that that really helps run it, his name is Brooke Moser. Uh, he is the son-in-law of Phil and Diane Comer who lead the content in this course. We're actually gonna do an interview. I'm gonna interview him next week. And that's how we're gonna end our series. It's gonna be really great. I've just reached out. I feel like I got nothing to lose these days, post-COVID, working another job, that I just started reaching out to people all over the place. And he has been willing to sit down and do an interview with me. And I think it's gonna be beneficial for all of us in this community. It'll be super helpful as we talk about rhythms in our homes and how we can continue to push this forward. Today, I wanna to talk about the fourth practice that we wanted to kind of engage. And it's pretty unique. You know, of all the spiritual practice and spiritual discipline uh, teachers, I think of Richard Foster and more contemporary teachers like Rich Veloda, John Tyson, you know, lots of talk even in the contemporary moment in our world around practices. One of the practices I don't think we look at as much, it's, I haven't even really heard it defined as a practice, is the practice of blessing or words of blessing, words of life. Um, we don't just want to pray. We don't just want to create rhythms of scripture and hospitality in our homes. One of the things we would love to engage in is words of life. Now, I think I've alluded to this when I was teeing up the series. I have been negatively shaped by the prosperity gospel. I don't know about you, but I have just seen things in the Christian world where it's just a little bizarre. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think of... Um, just teachings and seeing things online from prosperity teachers where God is viewed as a slot machine and just something that we get. Um, it just affected me negatively, especially around money and prosperity in the church. And so at times, I have neglected to talk about the power of words because I have seen people name it and claim it, and this is kind of the world that they embody. And I think there's a negative effects to it. But there is something powerful about our words, right? The classic conversation or diet, you know, kind of not debate, but just what a lot of people enter into in the secular world is around the idea of the nature versus nurture discussion, right? So when we talk about dissonance or disorientation in our lives and maybe patterns passed on, a lot of times people will ask whether it's mental health or certain things, certain maybe behaviors in our lives, is it passed on through hereditary means? Is this a nurture thing? Do I embody some of the things that my parents kind of had that were passed on from their parents and so on all the way down? Or is it a nurture thing? Is it an environment thing? Well, the answer to that in my own journey has been yes to both. There are things that we embody and are kind of bring on in sometimes even deep down in our DNA as far as behavior and certain maybe emotions and different things we experience. But we often underestimate the power of nurture, of environment. And I think the scriptures talk a lot about using our words as a way to bless each other, to create environments and spaces. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I want this to become a core practice within our church, in our homes, but not just in our homes, in our church as well, in blessing, in passing along words of life, of speaking words of life over each other. Now, with this said, really quick, and then we're going to get you to discuss. Open your Bibles with me to Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. Let's listen to what it says. 
It says this, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. The soothe, listen to this, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. A fool spurns a parent's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. The house of the righteous contains great treasure, but the income of the wicked brings ruin. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of fools are not upright. Now, I love here how the writer says that a soothing tongue is a tree of life. Get that image. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. And there's just precedence all throughout the scripture that what we do with our words holds power. I just want you to do a little, you know, just in light of like the nature versus nurture experiment, just do a little experiment in your own mind. Imagine you creating a culture in your home that does not have words of life. Imagine what this does, right? Imagine just words of death in your home. But I even think like no words of life, no I love yous, no encouragement, no building up. Right? We all know that at the end of the day, this stuff matters on a practical level, like just as humans. And then we see this in a spiritual context in how words bring life. You know, so Proverbs 18 actually says this. It says, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips. They are satisfied. And then it says in verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. And so there is the power of life and death. Our words hold power. I mean, James picks up this, brother of Jesus, half-brother of Jesus. He says in one of his writings, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great, fo Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Hello. Thank you, James. All right. And so the point is this. Our words carry a lot of weight, right? Our words bring life or death. One of the things we want to do in our homes is create words of life that are spoken over each other to bring, to bring blessing. And this has deep implications. You know, I do a lot of cognitive therapy and the, the, the key tie into cognitive therapy is that our thoughts, our feelings, and our behaviors all have influence over each other. And so what we can do sometimes is change our thoughts to change the way we feel and behave. And I think that also goes vice versa the other way. Sometimes we need to change how we behave to change the way we feel and to change the way we think. And so one of the things we want to do is to practice blessing in our homes. This is powerful. And so one of the best ways that we can do this is just by thinking about blessing with our words. You know, uh, in Deuteronomy 6, it says this, that the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and the sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, so... The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, this is how you're going to bless them. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Beautiful. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Blessing was a continuous theme in the story of Israel. And we want it to be the theme of our lives. Bringing words of life. And so for many of us, this just means being intentional every single day to speak words of life to the people around us. Whether you're married and speaking words of life over your marriage or speaking words of life over your family. Maybe you're single and you're living with others to create space in your home, to continually, daily speaking words of life. You know, we're going to give you opportunity here to, to chat through this because we want to hear maybe how you're doing this or some things that are coming into your own consciousness as we think about this. But, you know, we practiced this last week. Last week was Community Sunday, and many of you know uh, there's a, a couple in our church and, uh, who have been a wonderful part of our co uh, Praxis community for the last uh, several months, uh, Jesse and Christ Kristen Carter, and they're leaving. They're actually moving to uh, Alberta and to Edmonton. And so this is beautiful for them, but it's, you know, kind of sad for us as their friends and their, their community. And, you know, last week we just practiced this together, gave space to gather as a community. And we just went around and spoke words of life over them, blessing over them, praying as a community over them. And I can't tell you, it's not just about vibe. I can't tell you the power that was in the room as we blessed one another, right? As we took time to use our words as blessing over each other. This should be the church. And so as I sat and kind of watched what was unfolding, I thought, this is what it means to be the church, to bring words of blessing, to bless and to encourage and to bring life. Our words either bring life or they bring death. And we want to think through using our words and the power of our words in beautiful and constructive ways. This isn't just about feeling better. This is about practicing this way in which we bring life to each other. And so sitting back, you know, a week ago and seeing that practice in the church, I just think about what this could be done, what this could do to our families. So we want to give you space. Let's talk about this, okay? Some questions are going to come up in a minute and some of our team are going to come back in a minute and just help lead through this. We want to give you time, like 15 minutes or so, just to wrestle through a few of these questions and hear what you think. Bring your, your doubts, your joy, bring your ideas, bring things that you see actually working in your own home. We want to, we want to see it, we want to hear it, we want to experience it. So those are going to come, but may I just pray this over you one last time. Let me bless you as we think about this practice in our homes. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Let's talk together.